time is 9 o'clock and you're listening to CHMA 106.9 FM. Hello and welcome to Tantrum Hour Report on CHMA 106.9 FM and chmafm.com. We're broadcasting from Sackville, New Brunswick, the heart of the Maritimes, on the traditional and unceded lands of the Mi'kmaq people. I'm Erica Butler. It's Friday, February 23rd. On today's show... We listen in on Wednesday's Public Accounts Committee hearing as Memram Cook Tanchamar MLA Megan Mitten questions Deputy Minister of Health Eric Bollier about plans to improve access to primary care in Tanchamar and the rest of the province. That's coming right up, but first, some local news and information briefs. Another building is gone in downtown Sackville. 10 through 14 York Street the neighboring building to the former Joey's Pizza and Pasta, was demolished on Thursday and is now a large pile of rubble. The building sustained smoke and water damage during the April 2023 fire that destroyed the neighboring Joey's building, another part of the Hansen Block, built in 1927. 10 to 14 York has been home to a number of businesses over the years, and at the time of the Joey's fire, Estheva Spa and Live Bait Theatre occupied the two storefronts. The building is owned by Moncton restaurateur Sam Kim, who owns Kim Gane Korean Barbecue on Mountain Road. Kim told CHMA that he is still in the planning stages of replacing the building, but he expects to build a similar structure with commercial space on the ground floor and apartments upstairs. Amlamgug First Nation, also known as Fort Folly, have signed an agreement with the provincial government to supply $4.2 million to the community over the next five years. A media release from the province says the funding from the Regional Development Corporation will support the community's priorities related to housing, salmon conservation, a transition to green transportation, and entrepreneurship. The release quotes Amlamgug Chief Rebecca Knockwood saying, This agreement will help address some of the priorities for our community, but there is still so much to do in areas like economic development. Knockwood also says the First Nation looks forward to having these discussions with the provincial government immediately. Now for today's feature. MLA Megan Mitten was in legislative committee hearings this week as part of the Public Accounts Committee. On Wednesday afternoon, the committee heard from Deputy Minister Eric Bolio with the Department of Health, and Mitten took the opportunity to ask him about plans for improving primary care in the province. I do want to talk about primary care. Um, so in the annual report, it says the department developed a primary health care transformation strategy and 18-month action plan. Uh, so... Um, just to clarify, is this document available publicly? The, the, uh, that 18-month plan is not currently available publicly. Okay. Um, can you make it public? We'll take that back. I, I believe we can, but I want to check a few things first. Okay. Um, yes, I, I'd appreciate it if you could... Um, uh, make that public, table it with the committee. Um, I'm, are you able to tell us what's in there? Um, a, a primary health care transformation strategy and 18-month uh, action plan? What does that entail? At a high level, what uh, the focus was very much in terms of collaborative practices. So uh, inter in 
interdisciplinary primary care teams that looked at having physicians, nurses, some potentially nurse practitioners, as well as allied health professionals working either within the same setting or having formalized agreements between each other to be able to really <laughs> care for patients, having the right professional provide that right care at that same time. There was also part of the strategy that was very much about investments to be made with the medical society in terms of Family Medicine New Brunswick, which is one of the formats that exists for primary care. So very much around that. And the last part is really working with both our HAs in terms of primary care models that are both interdisciplinary. Uh, so uh, a big focus on renewing our community health centers and health service centers around the province and making them more efficient. And the last part there would be uh, enhancements in terms of electronic medical records making sure that we have a well-connected system so that if a patient see is, is part of a clinic, uh, that electronic medical record can be reviewed by any of the professionals that are providing care. Mm -hmm. How many of these team-based clinics, what's the goal for, for how many uh, you, you want set up? Uh, the development of that 18-month that, uh, action plan was very much done with the two RHAs. So both RHAs would have a, uh, a notional number in their minds of how many uh, collaborative practices are required within the region. The reason I'm not, I don't have a firm number is uh, depending on the size of that collaborative practice and really the mandate, you could see a city like Moncton have five or you could see it have one. It really depends on the format that is taken. But both, uh, both RHAs were really looking at complementing what already exists. So when we look at the province today, we have uh, quite a few community health centers, nurse practitioner clinics that exist in the province, family medicine, New Brunswick practices. Uh, those have, I, I believe, almost doubled within the last number of months. Uh, health link clinics that now exist in every part of the province. Collaborative care practices, which is what we're talking about right now. Vitaitis talked about having a, a network within the province, as well as Horizon is working on the same thing. And then we often neglect to remember that extramural is very much a primary care delivery as well. And extramural exists everywhere in the province. So, so we're not necessarily fixated on the number of clinics that are required, but it's the network that we require in this province to provide care to citizens. Okay. There are many people on on the list um, who don't have access to primary care right now. Um, in my community, in Tantramar area, there have actually been three, um, three family doctors and one nurse practitioner leave their practice in the last about six months. So that's thousands of people added to, to the list. Um, how many people in New Brunswick are currently waiting for a permanent primary care provider? I'll, I'll, I'll try to answer as best as I can, because it's uh, one of the things that, that the province has focused on is getting access to primary care. Your question was how many have a permanent primary care provider. So the reason I'm being he not hesitant in answering is I'm trying to explain it fairly uh, fairly well is the creation of NB HealthLink is not meant to be a, a permanent home to anyone. It's meant to be anyone that does not have a permanent primary care provider 
that they have access to primary care in that way. So in, in the last year and a half since the creation of NB HealthLink, we've taken 74,000, uh, the original list was 74,000 people without any primary care provider. 54,000 have been registered with NB HealthLink. Those 54,000 have access to our primary care team anywhere in this province. There's still 24,000 that do not have, are not registered and don't have access. And those we're still working on registering more and, and recruiting more professionals to be part of NB HealthLink. So right now, if you were to ask me how many do not have access to primary care at, uh, when they need it, uh, the number that we would have would be about 24,000. And they're not registered, why? Because there's so, not capacity to register them? Yeah, some is we may not have been able to contact them, so we call uh, repeatedly. Service New Brunswick does the call on our behalf. Uh, and we call and we send letters to try to update them. The other thing is, in some regions of the province, we may just not have the human resources to be able to expand the clinics to the level that we need. Okay. Um, I have, I have also heard of cases where people have just dropped off the list and there's no explanation of why, unfortunately. So they call um, and they've, they've just, they're just not on the list anymore um, from they were on Patient Connect or they thought they were. Um, I'm... Uh, so, so Ms. Mitten, if uh, any of those individuals, please refer them to us because if they were dropped, that, that is definitely not the intent. So um, I guess um, I'm wondering, because my understanding is there's about 80,000 um, people who don't have a primary care provider. Um, and, uh, and I guess I want to say, you know, so there's people in my town who, who just lost their uh, primary care provider. And... Um, and so a lot of them are being told to, to register with HealthLink. Um, there's no HealthLink in my community. So um, like setting aside whether I think that's a great model or not, um, it, it's not even there. It's not even really an option. Um, and so I would say, I, I would hope those people are not being included in the people who have access because a lot of them can't get to Moncton or Dieppe. Um, to actually access healthcare. Um, how long are people waiting um, on the list to get a permanent provider? Um, and how many people have actually been matched from that, from that 74,000 maybe, or from whatever the, the complete list is? How many have been matched? So uh, as of... As of right now, we have 11 New Brunswick Health Link clinics around the province. They're present in all seven zones. Uh, and permanent placements that have gone through NB Health Link and now have a permanent uh, physician or patient uh, medical home is 4,700. 4,700 yeah. people. Now, um. the, the objective is, is always that NB Health Link would be a very temporary measure for anyone that either loses their family physician or a new Canadian arriving uh, that needs primary care. And, and really, uh, we do expect that that will become a part of a transition that, so that no one is ever left without any kind of primary care home. 
that they can get services. So we, we definitely need to continue building the number of primary care providers, the number of physicians available in the province, and that continues to be the priority. That was Deputy Minister of Health Eric Bollier answering questions from Memram Cook Tanchamar MLA Megan Mitten in a public accounts committee hearing on Wednesday. Sackville's new primary care clinic opened in September 2023 and still has just two doctors working a combined three days per week. Horizon says it has made a budget request to the Department of Health to further fund the clinic. At their meeting today in St. John, the Horizon Health Network Board will hear a presentation on Horizon's new primary care strategy, including plans for the Tanchamar Clinic. That's it for Tanchamar Report for Friday, February 23rd. Get in touch with CHMA News anytime at news at chmafm.com. I'm Erica Butler. Thanks for listening. Registration is now open for the Sackville Music Festival scheduled for April 16th to 21st, 2024 at the Marjorie Young Bell Conservatory of Music. Register online at nbfmf.org before February 29th. For a full list of festival classes, see the 2024 Sackville Music Festival syllabus posted on their website. If you have any questions, please contact the Entry Secretary, Jen Elder, at 506-536-0095 or jen-alder, A-L-D-E-R, at hotmail.com. This is Rojo, and you're listening to CHMA. And here's Brian Nielsen with your CHMA Sports Update. This is your CHMA Sports Update for Friday, February 23rd. NBA action returned last night after the All-Star break with 12 games to tell you about. The Magic beat the Cavaliers in Cleveland 116-109. Pacers beat the Pistons by 14 in Indiana 129-115. Knicks over the Sixers 110-96. The Raptors all over the Brooklyn Nets at home 121-93. 10-point victory for the Dallas Mavericks 123-113 over the visiting Phoenix Suns. Boston Celtics with a 129-112 victory over the Bulls in Chicago. Pelicans beat the Rockets 127-105. Thunder continue their winning ways 129-107 against the visiting Los Angeles Clippers. The Denver Chicken Nuggets with a 131-10 victory over the Washington Wizards in Denver. Hornets upset the Utah Jazz 115-107 in Salt Lake. Warriors destroy the Los Angeles Lakers 128-110. And the Sacramento Kings squeak by the San Antonio Spurs 127-122. Uh, 11 games in the NHL last night, including the Toronto Maple Leafs with a 7-3 victory over the Vegas Golden Knights. Sixth victory for them in a row. Austin Matthews scores his league-leading 52nd goal. Ottawa Senators with a 4-1 victory over the Dallas Stars. Red Wings beat Colorado in overtime 2-1 in Detroit. Capitals beat the Lightning 5-3 in Tampa Bay. Rangers with their ninth straight win. 5-1 victory over New Jersey in New Jersey. 
the Pittsburgh Penguins with a 4-1 victory over the Montreal Canadiens. Hurricanes shut out the Panthers 1-0 in Raleigh, North Carolina. The Blues shut out the Islanders in St. Louis 4-0. Flames beat the Bruins in the Saddle Dome 3-2 in overtime. Canucks take a loss to the Seattle Kraken 5-2 in Climate Pledge Arena. And finally, the Nashville Predators with the 4-1 victory over the Los Angeles Kings. And Mount Allison Athletics season's winding down all over the place today. Out in St. John, we have the women's volleyball team, number three seed, playing the host number six seed, UMBSJ. 3.30 p.m. victory there sends them on into the semifinals where they will meet up against either Mount St. Vincent or King's College. Down at the Dalplex, the Mount Allison Mounties swimming team will be there all weekend. Preliminaries for the various events start each day at 10 a.m. and the finals at 6 p.m. That's today, tomorrow, and Sunday. And lastly, the Mounties basketball teams will be on the road today, heading down to play at St. Thomas. 6 p.m. tip-off for the women, 8 p.m. tip-off for the men. So if you're looking for one last road trip at the end of reading week head on down to St. John or Fredericton or Halifax to support your Mounties. This is your CHMA sports update for Friday, February 23rd. And that was Brian Nielsen with your sports update. Don't forget to tune in weekdays 8, 9, 12 and 5 for Brian's sports update and of course listen to the morning show Mondays 7.30 about 9 and there's uh, also some sports commentary at 8.30 thanks so much Brian Hi I'm Harris McSheffrey and you're listening to CHMA 106.9 FM Sackville, New Brunswick Dave's Rock Emporium in Sackville, New Brunswick is your one-stop shop for rocks and records. Our large selection of rocks and crystals have something for everyone. Whether you are a young explorer, embrace the metaphysical, or just think they're pretty, come see our new natural smoky quartz crystals and a selection of rose quartz hearts and moons, along with our usual selection of incense and posters. Dave's Rock Emporium is happy to announce Will has joined our team, and we look forward to his ideas and inspirations. Dave's Rock Emporium carries a good selection of new and new records of all genres and tastes so come on down to dave's rock emporium next to the mail sign in sackville hope to see you soon hi my name is karen edder and you're listening to chma Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Late Morning Show here on CHMA 106.9 FM in Sackville, New Brunswick, broadcasting live from the third floor of the Wallace McCain Student Center. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. You just heard from Brian with your sports update, and before that was Erica Butler with your CHMA Tantramar Report. So thank you, too, very much for those ever-informative minutes and your daily contributions. Currently, it is 9.19 a.m., and I have a local weather update for you all, and then something special on the other side of that. So, 
First off, it is minus one currently out there. A little icy as well, so be cautious if you're walking or driving anywhere today. But today, becoming cloudy this morning with a 60% chance of flurries. And that's going into the early afternoon as well. Periods of rain beginning in the afternoon. A high of plus four. And periods of rain this evening around two to four millimeters. And then a low of zero. And then looking forward to tomorrow, periods of rain changing to periods of snow in the morning. Snowfall amount around five centimeters. Temperature falling to minus nine in the afternoon and a wind chill of minus 17 in the afternoon. So going to be a little chilly tomorrow. Clear in the evening with a low of minus 14. And then on Sunday, it's going to be beautiful. Sunny with a high of minus two and clear with a low of minus nine. And that is your local weather update. So now it's time for that something special. So I have a guest today. The guest today is a poet, a storyteller, extraordinaire, Mount Allison student, and overall wonderful human being who recently revived the peer-reviewed student publication, Seven Mondays. So welcome, Freddie. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. This is very exciting. So can you give us a little backstory into what sparked your interest in reviving Seven Mondays? Uh, yeah, um, I guess one of the things that helped was that I'm one of the, uh, uh, in the select group of students who overlap with when Seven Mondays still existed to uh, like the current present. Because uh, when I got here in 2020, the club still existed, even though they weren't like still publishing. So I knew that Seven Mondays existed, and then I continued my university, you know, degree, and didn't really see anything about it. Um, and so when I was talking to a professor here, Dr. Miller, um, who does a lot of the creative writing stuff about uh, creative writing opportunities, uh, this was also sort of on his radar, and we sort okay. of got to talking about like, well, why, you know why don't we like start it back up? It's been three years. And so, yeah, I mean, that's how, that's how I'm here. Yeah. That is, that is great. I'm, I'm glad that, uh, that Jordy Miller is, is back in the mix as well. I had somewhere yeah. in, uh, in some research that he was also one of the, uh, initiators of establishing the creative writing society here at Mount Allison a few years ago. Cause they went, they went quite a few years without having it. Um, but when he first started here, I think that was 2016. I thought oh. I thought he started later than that. But anyhow, uh, now, who else have you been able to get involved with the process so far? Um, and I guess following up on that, what sort of reception have you gotten from the students and the community members and faculty at Mount Allison? Um, in terms of reception, I think it's been pretty good. It seems like... Um uh, people are sort of excited that it's back or at least, you know, excited to learn about a new thing that they uh, didn't know about. Um, we've got a team of, I think, eight people now who are ed editors or designers or like on the social media wow. side of things. Um, and the review board, I think there's, if you include the review board, there's a couple more people. Um, and... Yeah, well, the review board is, like, um, something also that I would say is uh, we're still looking for people to, you know, 
uh, hop on in and join the review board because uh, we're always looking for more people uh, to help get through submissions and stuff like that. Right. Um, and, and I guess a question with that, um, if it doesn't matter, in, to my knowledge, what department you're in, as long as there's yes. some sort of love for the arts exactly, uh, and yeah. an interest to be involved. So any student can get involved uh, with Seven Mondays and can be on the board as well. Yeah, yeah. yes, definitely. I, yeah, I would also emphasize that. It's not just like for art students or for English students or anything like that. It's, it's like a student-wide thing. Anyone can, anyone can publish or like work on this if you just like are interested at all. So That is awesome. Yeah. All right. Uh, so I guess uh, in the same vein, what sort of submissions do you accept? Like what sort of medium do you accept? Or is it just everything? It's, well, okay. I, I guess you can't quite say everything. For now, we have no way to publish. Um, we don't really have a seamless way, I'll say, to publish uh, videos or audio and stuff like that right. we're working on a website though so that could be something that we work into the future um but for now just anything that can like be printed onto a page that is under four pages we say we don't we're not really like uh able to publish full-length novels and stuff mm. like that yeah. um uh but anything that's visual or written uh, it could be art like photographs uh paintings um any kind of poetry or prose that you know anything anything your heart desires really that uh, is excellent yeah. that is really good to hear uh then what does the future look like uh so is there a tentative date for the release of seven mondays um and also will it be available to non-student community members to pick up a copy yeah so the there isn't an exact date for the tentative release date it's sometime around the end of March is what we're shooting oh, for wow. okay. to have a release party and uh, to have like a, a certain sort of limited run of, of, of physical copies printed, uh, which uh, our plan is to sort of distribute around campus for just anyone who right. is going to be stopping by, for instance, the library to see and pick up um, and hopefully have know uh, extra copies beyond that but not too many that they're just sort of being used for some kindling for the <laughs> cold winter but uh we're also trying to get um all of the issue uh in digital version on the website mm -hmm. um and yeah i mean we're hoping that there will be copies available for non-students i mean we're thinking also you know like Hopefully, people beyond just uh, those who are around campus also will be interested in yeah in reading this. Absolutely, um, I, I think that will be assisted by making things digitally ac accessible. Yeah, yeah, that's I what think we're that's hoping. a that's a great path to go on yeah. as well. Uh, yeah, so I don't have any more questions, but if you have anything else you would like to say, uh, now is the time. Um, I mean, thanks for thanks for having me. I can say you know if there's anything you want me to say. I can say, you know, plenty of things. I, I think this is perfect. 
Uh, thank you so much, Freddie, for joining me today. We'll be sure to update the community uh, once there's the release, once the release is happening uh, and give people the access to the digital versions of everything. But once cool. again, thank you so much. For Can me. I? Yes. Sorry. Absolutely. Yeah. The, I'll, I'll just, I guess, plug our Instagram. Oh, yes. Please seven, do. It's 7 Mondays MTA at Instagram. That's a lot of our information comes out of the Instagram first, I would say. Uh, so, yeah. All right. Seven Mondays, the, the number seven, then Mondays, then MTA on Instagram. Thank you. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you, Freddie. All right, everyone. Up next, we have the Oscar Peterson Trio with Hymn to Freedom. <laughs> 